Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You know, some might call it Super Sunday. I am going to call it Super Suns Day. Welcome to the Suns Jam Session podcast. We appreciate all the, the Suns Jamsters who are joining us on this beautiful Sunday afternoon edition of our podcast. Uh, great win by the Phoenix Suns over the Boston Celtics. Matthew, welcome to the pod, and it looks like you're in my studio. Yeah, I'm coming uh, live from the Voida household while John's live in Afghanistan. So we're going to switch things up a little bit today. <laughs> yeah, switching up a little bit. It is Super Sunday, so Matthew is over. He's going to watch the Suns game or already watch the Suns game with me, and then we're going to watch the Super Bowl after this. So yeah. I've given up my space. For those of you who are watching along live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter, you can see that Matthew's actually in where I normally am sitting, and I am actually out in the garage. So living it like where we first started our podcast, doing the pods from the garage, just like the old yep. days. Yeah, it brings back the good old days, dude. That's where we first started. It probably still smells, and it's very cold in there, right? It's not as cold as normal. I think it's a warm day here in Phoenix, so I'm not as, as shivering as we used to when we used to do these okay. things. But definitely... <laughs> Uh, definitely feels good to get back to my roots and be out here in the garage doing the podcast. So I'm sure I'll be lagging because I'm further away from the Wi-Fi. So for that, I apologize. Uh, But to those of you who are joining us live, cheers to you. Thank you for joining the Suns Jam Session podcast. Great quality win by the Phoenix Suns today over the Boston Celtics, a battle of number four seeds. The Suns Mm -hmm. came into this game 12 and nine, as did the Boston Celtics. Both are number four in their respective conference. And the Suns walk away and are now 13 and nine on the season. Although Jalen Brown wasn't in this game, these are games you should win at home. Uh, so the Suns treated the healthcare workers of Phoenix, the 1,500 of them who were in attendance at this game, with a victory. So uh, nice job, Suns. Nice job. Nice job. Yeah, do it with the fans in the, in the arena. I think that really helped them uh, keep the momentum up throughout this game. So good to see that. Uh, hopefully it continues and we get more fans in the house. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for those of you who are joining us, remember to follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you are listening on the Bright Side Podcast Network, a reminder, as always, to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you are watching via YouTube, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. Hit that thumbs up button and let us know what you're thinking in the comments uh matthew i think it's time to crack open an ice cold teeth cracking beer i got a course light in my hand i got your course light in my hand all right well crack them if you got them sons fans oh yeah and let's talk about this victory for the phoenix suns
So the Phoenix Suns come and they have their second game uh, on a home stretch that includes seven games against Eastern Conference competition. They play the Boston Celtics. They pull away and win the game. Well, not necessarily pull away. They they fought off the Boston Celtics, if you will, one hundred ninety one. And Matthew, I gotta know, are the Suns really one of those teams that just plays to the level of their competition? Yeah, they're certainly one of those teams, like the rest of the NBA. You see that a lot. But it's great, though. I mean, you got two great teams going against each other, so you want to see the competition there. Um, with Jalen Brown out, that did help the Suns because that guy can really take over the game, be really detrimental to the Suns team. But you actually saw it firsthand where the Suns kind of handled the business through the whole game. There were some scary parts there where we were yelling at Aiden to just throw the ball down, dunk the freaking ball, or else we're going to lose the game because he didn't do that. But, I mean, other players stepped up, dude. But I think it's great to see these two go at it. I mean, I was actually mentioning to you about how I wish the Suns kind of wore their orange jerseys because I love the orange and the green. He said, yeah, bring that up in the pod because that's a stupid thing to say. But <laughs> I just love I love to look at those jerseys and the the blue and – I'm sorry, not the blue. The green and the orange going head-to-head. Um, I would have rather seen that. But besides that, dude, oh, there it is. I love seeing the Suns out there today playing to level of competition. It's, it's funny you say the orange versus the green. Whenever I create teams on – NBA 2K or uh, MLB The Show, I always give them that color scheme. I like the color of green and orange. It is yeah. the Miami Hurricanes, which is a team I don't like at all. Uh, but it's a, a color combination you don't necessarily see a lot in the NBA. So when you did bring it up while we were watching the game today, I thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, it would have been nice to see the orange versus the green. It's a good color combination on the court. Uh, but what did matter on the court today was the performance by the Phoenix Suns. Obviously, no Jalen Brown is going to hurt the Boston Celtics. And when you're playing against a quality opponent like the Boston Celtics and they have one of their stars out, you want to pounce. You want to win those games. When Devin Booker was out for the Phoenix Suns for a four-game stretch and the Suns went two and two without him, those were quality wins for the Suns because the other op- the, the opposition probably thought the same thing. Hey, we're going against mm-hmm. the Suns. They don't have Devin Booker. We need to win these games. So knowing that you have their second leading score in Jalen Brown, who averages 26 points a game, 26 points a game from their second leading score. Highly impressive. All-star worthy in Jalen Brown. You knew that the Suns would have to take advantage of that. And Devin Booker did just that uh, very early and very often. Uh, He had, what, in the first quarter, eight points, five assists, two rebounds. Uh, You know, I mean, don't you love it when Book begins the game looking to score? I do, and I kind of miss that. And he was really killing it early, but I kind of wanted him to see to see him continue to do that throughout the game. But you realize it's just a different Booker. He wants the other the play uh, the other teammates to get involved, and I think his assist showed in the first quarter. But he he doesn't continue to get a shot, which he can get at any time he wants, really, if he wants to score. So you know he likes to give the ball up, and he has other playmakers on the team. He wants to get people involved early. That way they get things going into the second half of the game. So I, I kind of like this Booker. Uh, I do hate it at the time where I'm like, come on, Booker, just just continue to shoot. I want to see 40, 50 points. You know, I want to be on ESPN of, oh, Booker put up a triple-double almost with 40 points. That would be cool to see. It's just not the same player, especially with their offensive tempo just slowed down. He's not going to get as many attempts either as he used to, and not, not, all, all, not all the teammates are going to get as many attempts either. So – it's nice to see this. I mean, what do you think, though? I mean, when he gets going and gets in the spots, it's, it's fun to watch. And you kind of wish he would go for 70 against the Boston Celtics again. That would have been cool. <laughs> you know what? I'll take his 18 points and 11 assists over him scoring 70 as long as we win the game. 
because when he scored That's 70, true. the Suns lost. And you know what? I'm, I'm tired of the, the, the big Booker games and us walking around with our heads down because we lost the game. We're past that. We've seen what Booker can do. We know that he has that scoring capability and can do it at any time. Let's do it in some wins. And I think that he was a complete team player today. Uh, fantastic game for him. Again, 7 for 16 from the field, 18 points. Uh, he won for four from downtown. You know, wasn't the greatest performance there, but he came out early and set the tone for the Phoenix Suns. And that's what I like to see from Devin Booker is him coming yeah. out and and setting the tone and then let the game come to him as as it does. And what happened? The double team started coming and he started passing out of the double teams, which opened up the rest of his team and they were knocking down those shots. And that's another big thing about this game is how we had the ability to knock down the shots when we were wide open. They mentioned it on the broadcast. We've mentioned it on the podcast before that the Suns, when wide open, are not a very good team shooting. They're, I believe, 26 right now in the NBA when shooting a wide open shot from a field goal percentage standpoint. That's not what you want. You want them to knock those shots down tonight or today, I guess. They have the opportunity to do that. And uh, quick shout out to everybody who is watching along in the chat. I'm sure I'm lagging. I am far away from my wife. No, you look I am good out. now. You look I'm good in the, now. I'm in the garage. So yeah. uh, you might have to just listen to me instead of seeing this beautiful face. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you look good. You actually look really good in the garage over there, dude. Um, but going back to the game, I mean, I can tell you later how much, how beautiful you are when we're off this uh, live stream. Uh, going back to the game, they were doing a lot of cutting. And it was like guys like Frank Kaminsky, other players on the team that were finding people that were open. And I love that about this team, especially tonight, because you can show it shows tonight where this team can go in the future to where they, when they keep moving, they're going to find each other. Because a lot of the times these guys, unless it's like Mikhail wide open, not wide open, but just in the corner for three, he's going to shoot that. There's other things this team's doing that just really stands out, which is just moving the ball. And you want to see that. And I think he saw it a lot today. I mean, there was a little bit of an ISO ball at the end of the game, but there was a lot of cutting and finding those players. And you want to see it towards the rim, getting to the rim, especially against a smaller Celtics team, really. Tristan Thompson down low, Tice. I mean, those are guys I feel like you could take advantage of down low. Absolutely. And I think you hit on a great point. Frank to Mikel. That connection has become downright sexy because he finds when, when Frank gets the ball, Mikhail cuts instantly because he knows he's going to get the ball or at least have yeah. an opportunity to get the ball. And you saw that over and over again in the game, not necessarily just Frank to Mikhail, but the team as a whole cutting. So when you had CP3 drive to the hoop uh, and dish the ball off to Booker at the three point line, then he mm -hmm. drove to the hoop. The cutters on the backside created opportunities for easy baskets. And that's where the Suns really excelled in this game because from a three-point standpoint, they weren't necessarily killer. I mean, it, that, that was Boston's game. Boston was shooting all those three-pointers. Out of their total, I mean, they had, what, 91 points. Out of their 91 points, 51 of them came from downtown. They went mm -hmm. 17 for 44 from deep. The Suns only made eight of 29 attempts, which is good. I'm sorry. Yeah, eight for 29, which is uh, good for 27.6% from, from deep. So 32 of their field goals came from, uh, from the two-point range. And I think that, you know, controlling the paint, having 46 points in the paint to Boston's 26, that's the basketball I want to see from the Phoenix Suns. Hitting three-pointers in the NBA nowadays, yes, you have to have the ability to do that. And the Suns have the shooters who can do it. But when you rely on it for victories, you generally come up short. That's what happened to Boston. 17 threes. They had four, 33 total field goals made. They Over half of their field goals made 
were from deep, and you know what? They lost by nine. Yeah, and that's what you want to see from this team to really get going from like the two point range because that's the way this offense is. It's very slow pace. It's like it's like um, get the sets going, get the plays going, and a lot of these shots that they can get are either in the paint or from mid range. So you want to see that. But I can the way that Cam Johnson played last game, where he came off the bench again today and last game, where he got back in his groove, he was taking it to the rim. So I feel like this whole team itself needs to do that just to have the opportunity later on, maybe when they're in a groove on a win streak, then they can start shooting the threes and see if the things go down. But right now it's not really working out too well. So I love the adjustment. I love that they're just not still shooting threes like the old Houston Rockets and just clanking them. You know, I don't want to see that anymore. I think this, this team is more talented at spreading the ball, getting to the rim, and we need to see that out of them. And you saw it tonight. You saw it last game. So continue that. I love that adjustment by Monty. I think that we need to see more of that. And I'm not, if they shoot only 30 to 35 a game for threes, that's fine with me, you know, because they can get the ball down low. So I want to see more of that. And I think they learned from Cam Johnson basically last game, you know, to get in the groove, dude. Let's just take it down low. Absolutely. And I think that analytics are going to tell you that the three point shot is the sexier shot. And if you make X amount of threes on X amount of attempts, yada, 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 I'll take high percentage shots. You know, when you have a team that is starting to make a run on you, you don't start jacking up threes because the analytics say so. You go for something down low in an opportunity to make a high percentage shot because that's what's going to stop those runs. Shout out to Nathaniel Darce in the chat. He says, Cam Johnson should be the only three-point shooter. I agree with that. I mean, there was a couple of those McHale threes where we're like, ah, oh, why is he shooting that? He's covered, you know? And <laughs> yeah. but, I, but I credited that to McHale's hot start in this game. Uh, he's somebody who's obviously been struggle and, you know, Suns fans, you can celebrate far and wide. The great McHale drought of 2021 is over. He finally hit some threes in this game. You know, I mean, we've been waiting for it to happen to the point where it's like, no, no, yes. He ended two of five, but he made his first two of three. And in that first half, he was really filling a groove. He had 12 points on five for seven shooting. So when he took a couple of those threes, I know although we were watching the game, we weren't necessarily a big fan of the three-point attempts that he took given how covered he was. I knew that he was in a groove and he was going to take those shots. When your player's grooving, you want him to shoot. It's when he's not grooving where you want him to stop shooting. But uh, mm-hmm. I agree that the only true three-pointer that – a shooter that we have on this team who should be consistently that should be the majority of his shots is cam johnson right yeah exactly um even today but cam still passes up on some opportunities but i still like because i think he can get to the rim but mikhail it's like we have to just adjust to we're gonna see him shoot those threes he's just comfortable with it he's gonna keep doing it we can't stop it there's nothing we can do about it and even if he is so i'm just putting the comments from mid-range is just he is electric from there. He can join the monsters of mid range gang if he wants to, because he can get the ball over anybody, his fadeaways, wherever he is moving into the paint, he can get a shot up and it is a better percentage shot. He should do more of that. But I mean, is it just like we have to worry about his three point shot? So if that starts to go in, then he'll do other things because it seems like when the three point shots not going, then his night's over and he's just going to continue to shoot threes. So I don't know. Maybe he just focuses on maybe next game. I'll do something different, but this game, I'm just going to shoot threes because it's very strange to me because his game offensively doesn't evolve unless he gets the three point shot to go down. So I don't, I don't know if I'm a big fan of that as much, but yeah, those threes went down that we did not like to see him attempt, but he, he got it going. I mean, he helped the team of course with the win, but I just, I don't like to see the threes as much, man. Cause I think he's just as talented as can going to the rim. 
I completely agree. And, you know, Buck Doc says in the chat, Cam is Cam driving is dynamite. Him and Mikhail driving are dynamite. That's what's beautiful yeah. about both of those players is they're long wings who have, obviously, Mikhail more than Cam, have a defensive affinity, and they can both knock down threes, but they both have the ability to drive. I mean, the monsters of the mid-range, the, the moniker that I've bestowed upon Devin Booker and Chris Paul – there's a lot of players on this team who can hit those mid-range shots, and they are high-percentage shots for them. McHale is quickly becoming one of those. He can rise up with those long arms and get over anybody, and I'd prefer that shot over a three any day. And that starts with him either driving to the basket or cutting and receiving the ball uh, from CP3 or Booker. And I think that that's something that he is going to get more comfortable doing and realize that he can yeah. be a more effective and productive part of this offense if he is cutting and helping the team score points versus just shooting threes when he's wide open. Yeah. And I think that's just something he needs to get comfortable with. Uh, maybe next year, maybe the, after the all-star break, this is something that he works on on the break that he'll have. Um, but it, I just don't think he's as comfortable. I think he might be scared that he's going to turn the ball over, run into a defender, cause a charge, something like that. So there's probably more to it, of course, that we don't see or we don't think that he's feeling right now. So if he's going to shoot the threes, then the fine, I guess. But at least we have Cam Johnson there to take it to the rim. And I'm not trying to be too negative. This was a great, great win for the Suns. Absolutely. I, I think they did fantastic. on the, They kept the, the momentum going throughout the whole game. They really controlled the whole game, basically. I mean, when things started to spiral some leads were given up there weren't really the timeouts weren't called when we wanted timeouts to be called but they held it together i mean they 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 fought down low when they needed it and needed offensive rebound but also the Celtics weren't really making their shots so that helped a lot too and i think the Celtics got a uh, some good looks tonight to what they didn't go in so but all around good play though yeah no and think about that that's two games in a row now that they've controlled the game I mean, the Pistons game, although we pretty much bashed it after a 17-point victory the other night, we were yeah. obviously looking at the areas of opportunity for one DeAndre Ayton primarily, but for the rest of the team as well. That's yeah. two games where they've been in control, and they've had an opportunity to try some things out and uh, see if they necessarily work or they don't work because they had a little bit of a cushion. Now, granted, when you're playing the Boston Celtics, you're not going to be experimenting too much because this is a team that was can fill it up from three, can score pretty quick, and they're a quality team who can really lock down and play some defense, and that's what they did in the second quarter. They really started being pesky for the Phoenix Suns, uh, and it led to seven turnovers in the first half that led to 11 of the Celtics' points. And the Celtics only had one. Now, granted, the Suns only had three turnovers in the second half, and they only allowed the Celtics to have two points off of the turnovers from there. Uh, but it's a team that really has a capability to lock you down defensively. And when they put the effort in and, and were shutting the Suns down, they did it a couple times. They did it at the end of the first half. Uh, where the Suns gave up a 9-0 run to end that first half. We could have been up, I think, what, uh, 18 at half, and mm -hmm. we ended up, or 17. We're up, the, our largest lead was 17. We're up 17, and we ended up only being 9 at halftime. Uh, oddly enough, we ended up winning the game by 9 as well. Or we're, I'm sorry, we were only up by 3 at halftime. So we let them fight all the way back. And then a, a little bit there in the, the beginning of the fourth quarter, the Suns allowed that defense to dictate what they were doing. Uh, but essentially, the Suns came back and and were led by Devin Booker and Chris Paul as per usual, having those guys as closers in the, in the fourth and making big baskets is absolutely paramount for this team.
Yeah, that's why we have him. I mean, I think I love this Booker where he finishes with 18 points, but you know it doesn't matter. He just wants to win. He's been there, done that with the stats. Whether or not it helps him get in the All-Star game, he doesn't care. He, Him and Chris Paul know how to finish games. That's all that matters really for this offense. Really quick, Buck Dog. Yeah, no one I thought would watch this game, but yes, our, the last podcast we have was was a little off. You know, I don't know. Between me and John, we were having a little feud outside of this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We, it was nothing. No, no. I was never just, fought I about anything ever. <laughs> I know exactly. The only time we ever fight is if I give you a little bit of advice on your golf swing and you, you like take it personal and then you miss the putt. Oh, that's that is different. That is golf. It's like that's a frustrating sport because if you <laughs> yes, miss it is. you don't want anybody to talk to you. It's kind of like when your team's losing, everyone's like, Why are you so upset? It's okay. <laughs> Would you got money on this game? It's like, no, this is my team. It's different. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what about uh that? block by devin booker huh on jason, oh, on jason tatum. tatum how exciting nice. how exciting was that oh dude it was great because i mean these are two of the blossoming stars in the nba so when these matchups are, are held together you want to see you want to see that they're actually oh look at that i know you're showing replays look at this look at, look at this. this this is great boom Let's get see. out of here yeah it's a little delayed i didn't get to see it at all um <laughs> it was just frozen <laughs> Welcome to my Wi-Fi. It's yeah. shitty. No, I'm cruising in here. Um, but you like to see that, man. <clears throat> there it is. Here we go. That's some good defense, man. One more time for the Jamsters. Bam! Get out of here. I love that. It's beautiful. Because, you know, but how, but how locked in that, is, right? is Devin Booker in this game? I mean, what is it about the Boston Celtics? He averages over 30 points a game against them. What is it about yeah. Boston that, like, it just gets him hard man if he goes out there and plays at an elite level and although he only scored the 18 points he affected every possible part of this game three rebounds shy of a triple double like i love seeing booker play like this i'm sorry no me too it, it just must be the green you know they say that helping migraines and headaches if you're in a room which is a green light it helps it so something with the green to his eyes to his retina and affects the brain to where he is just a consistently a good player against the boston celtics of course Devin Booker is an all-star, but he takes it to a new level against them. So, I mean, that's my only explanation, and it was very random and weird. But, I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts? Dude? What do you think it is about the Boston Celtics? Is it Bill Simmons? It's Bill Simmons. Is, is that what it is? <laughs> Ever since Bill Simmons lit him up for not being a part of the uh, Team USA and all of the Boston Celtics guys were, and then they lost a game and they blamed Devin Booker. Devin Booker's took it. I don't know what it is. He just, you know, it's like DeAndre Ayton when he plays against the Denver Nuggets. Like there's just certain guys who, who get up for certain games and yeah. they probably couldn't tell you why, but they just do because you look at this lineup, this lineup is completely different than the team that he scored 70 on. It's not like it's the same team over and over every year, completely different team. He just, maybe it is the green. Maybe it's just, it, it soothes him and he just, he has the ability to to score at will and to pass at will and just have quality games at will. I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, winning effort by him really just everywhere on the court. So it's good to see. I mean, if this can carry over to tomorrow night, that'd be great. Absolutely. Uh a lot of positives from this game, right? Yes, a lot yes. of positives. You take a look at the overall box score for the Phoenix Suns and the starters, every one of them outside of Frank Kaminsky scored in double digits uh, and cam johnson off the bench i mean how even is this scoring here we go mikhail bridges 19 points deandre ayton 16 points chris paul 15 
Devin Booker, 18. Cam Johnson off the bench, 17. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just, that's what you want to see is sustained scoring from everybody across the board versus what the, the Boston Celtics had. Essentially, Jason Tatum had 23 points. Then they had a bunch of guys who scored, uh, you know, a bunch of scrubs come off the bench and and have decent showings. Um, but to see that sustained scoring, I honestly believe in what Monty Williams has done with starting Frank Kaminsky. What are your thoughts on? Ooh. I mean, we we, we definitely yeah, are question. people. We're definitely guys who are very pro Cam coming off the bench. Yes, but having Frank be that starter at power forward is something that if you had told me a month ago that the Suns were going to do that. I would have said, okay, who died? Yeah, yeah, you know what? And it's kind of like when Jay comes back, what do you do? Do you you have Jay come off and then now you have Frank Kaminsky starting? I mean, that would be something crazy, but you got to do what's best to your team. And they they won two in a row with him at, at the forward spot. And he's playing well. I mean, he's very aggressive. Like we were talking about earlier where he's finding teammates open. He's doing other things on the court that we didn't know that he could do or wanted to do. Maybe the... Maybe the opposing defense doesn't know either. That's why it's just very unexpected of him. I mean, he doesn't put up gaudy numbers like nine and nine, which is which is actually pretty good. That's like DeAndre Ayton numbers nowadays. But th- that is perfect enough for him to do what he's doing. So yeah, and I wanted to ask you too: is just when Jay Crowder comes back, is does he take that spot back? Do you ruin the chemistry right now? And that's so weird to say the chemistry with a K with Kent with Kent with Kaminsky. A little stutter there. Um, do you bring him back in the starting lineup, Jay Crowder? That is, I think it becomes matchup based. I truly do. I think if you're playing a team that has a like the Lakers or uh, gosh, uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers who we play tomorrow night, they have a really big front line. And I think Frank, obviously, having that big body down there, having uh, the ability to pass the ball from the four spot, like Jay Crowder does it well as well. But I think it has to be matchup based. And I think that the flexibility of this lineup is something that I absolutely love. And I think that is going to be beneficial for this team in the long run. All you're doing right now is developing confidence in Frank Kaminsky. He's more and more confident every day. And I think that if you have one of those games, like tonight would have been one of those nights where I would have expected Jay Crowder to start. The the Boston Celtics are more of a wing-based team. Until they put Tristan Thompson and Tice out there at the same time, you don't necessarily have to play with the Frank Kaminsky lineup. But Cam's, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, Crowder's injured, so that was the option that was uh, that Monty had to navigate, and he went with Frank, and it worked out. I think that if you're playing against a team that is smaller like the Celtics, you go Crowder. I think if you're playing a, a, a big front line like the Lakers, you could start Kaminsky and essentially just try to see how it works out and then make adjustments from there. I mean, again, it's not always necessarily about who starts the game. It's about who finishes it. But definitely yeah, exactly. Cam Johnson coming off the bench is where he needs to be coming from. Oh, period. man, he's he's money. I mean, he basically did what he did last game, getting to the rim and then shooting from the outside later on. And he's just, he's in a groove. I don't know. It's just the pressure that's taken off of him, even though he is a leader, basically, of that second team unit without Cam, Cameron Payne there. Um, I'd like to see the Suns just be consistent with the starting lineup. I know we talk about matchups head to head when you go as in that starters, but how much, to me, that doesn't matter as much as just having the starting five down on paper. And that's what you roll with. Like the, the, the players are used to it. There's no changes to it. And then later on, like you said, towards the end of the game or even. I mean, at the end of the first quarter, whenever then you can start playing the matchups and stuff like that. I just like having a consistent starting five. Uh, that's all I like. You know, I don't like to see new faces in there just based off of how they played last game coming off the bench. I just don't want to see that. But it is kind of weird, though, now that Kaminsky has really held up at the four spot. So there are some questions 
I just hope that Cam stays on the bench. And that's our like number one thing right now that I am not worried about, but I think it's going to, it's going to remain the same with Cam coming off the bench. Right. I mean, there's it not going to be, even if he scores 30 points, 10 boards, something crazy like that, six from six from three, he's going to stay on the bench. Cause that's where he belongs. It's not a knock on him. He's just a great player off the bench. No, I completely agree. And he, he's, there's a lot of less pressure. Uh, there's a lot easier opportunities for him. And I think especially once the likes of campaign come back, he's really going to f- flourish because campaign yeah. really passes him open. Although, you know, shout out again to it, to each one more. I mean, he's been really filling those minutes. Well, he six points, four rebounds, three assists, th- only three for 10 shooting, but I like yeah. his ability to push the ball and to play make. It's something that is a bonus for this team. Mm-hmm. Again, remember our, our backup point guards last year were, what Ty Jerome and Elia Kobo. Now we have yeah. Cameron Payne, who's been injured, and Etwan Moore, and he has the ability to push the ball and, and play make. And I think that that's very valuable. And again, all these minutes the Suns bench are getting right now are so valuable because Dario Sarge and Campaign have been out for it feels like all of 2021. Yeah, they have. And I, that's what I love about the Suns team because they play hard because they know that they have a chance to earn minutes and they're not wasting time at all on the floor when they're in the game, even Javon Carter that came in today, like you can just see the tension on their backs, basically in the game, just making sure that every minute counts. And that's what you love to see from this team. And Etwan Moore, you brought him up, not that great from the stat sheet, but I like him on the floor. I do feel comfortable with him. Even if the shot doesn't go, I just do. Even if he has a three assist, it doesn't matter. I feel like he's making the smart, correct plays. He might brick it up there once in a while, but he is trying to find the teammates. And that's what you want from your point guard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, this is a reminder to everybody who is watching that one. I'm in my garage. So sorry again, if I'm lagging or the audio is off. Well, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, I mean, that's because we're close. We're not seeing this live, but if you are watching a a long live, please again, remember to subscribe, hit the thumbs up button, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We truly appreciate it. The goal is to hit a thousand someday. That would be amazing uh, and unbelievable. So we'd appreciate that. Uh, We've been talking a lot about uh, the positive things that have occurred in this game. Um, There is one positive that does have some negatives to it. Oh, you know what time it is. Watch 2021. So our boy, DeAndre Ayton, 39 total minutes, 16 points, 11 rebounds, two of those on the offensive end, one horrible three-point shot, seven from 11 from the field. Uh So if you were to not watch this game and to simply look at the stat line, you go, okay, great game by DA. Great game. Did what he needed to do. Again, this team was a balanced scoring attack tonight. That's probably one of the reasons that they beat the Boston Celtics by a total of nine points. But there's a little bit more to that stat line, isn't there, Matthew? How many times there's were we cheering bit. for DeAndre Ayton as we watched this game? Well, we were rooting for him for in the future to like, you know, throw it. it it's tiresome to really talk about. Great stat line, really. Um, he's okay. It's just he. You notice tonight too, where I say he hides behind the offense. He was doing that quite a bit. Didn't want the ball. Didn't demand it. Really, he had a few good plays though. But honestly, on the defensive end, he looked like he was kind of slow to roll and switch on defense, especially when um, other players were cutting towards the basket, towards the rim. He kind of just let them go by. Um, I don't know. I don't want to get too much into DeAndre just because I feel like it's kind of wasted until we play the Denver Nuggets. Then we'll get back to how much we love him and stuff and all that. But there was something I was going to say about him, and I kind of forgot. So go ahead and, John, take over. (laughs) Uh, Well, the the primary thing I have to say about DeAndre Ayton is – 
here, here's one thing I've noticed. Okay, uh, obviously we want him to jam the ball, and it's frustrating when he doesn't because there's probably about six points he left out there tonight. In all honesty, just not jam the ball of being lackadaisical of when he's getting rebounds, bringing the ball down and looking instead of being aware of his surroundings and just keeping the ball up high. You know, if you have the ball up high. Somebody has to jump up there to get it. You're going to know that they're, they're there. But if it's down low, anybody can come behind you and pick yeah. it. Um, and obviously, these are my my being critical of DeAndre observations. Uh, I do. Uh, I'm always in DeAndre's corner. I believe that he is going to be what a key cog of this team and what we need to to be successful. And so far, it's working out. Again, thirteen and nine. I'm not overly complaining. But one thing I noticed as well is when Frank Kaminsky gets the ball on the perimeter, he's looking towards the basket for cutters. And he's seen if Mikhail's cutting. And if he does, he gives him the pass. DA is a good passer as well. But when he gets the ball to the perimeter, he's instantly looking at the perimeter to find the next guy to pass the ball to versus trying yeah. to get the ball down low. Because there was like two or three times where he got the ball on the, uh, the top of the key and either Mikhail or Cam, and I think one time Booker, they were cutting. And he didn't even see him because he was, he was looking to Chris Paul or to where to pass the ball next. And the other thing I noticed is when the ball would be fed to him down in the key, his first move always is away from the basket. Mm-hmm. That's not what you want from your big man. Catch the ball, go towards the basket. I don't know if maybe he's been called for too many offensive fouls and he's too tentative to just turn and, and explode, but to grab the ball and then take a step away from the basket or do a fadeaway. These are little things that I hope he watches the tape and goes, you know what? when I get the ball turn and go towards the basket versus getting away, or when I get the ball on uh, the top of the key, I need to be looking for other players cutting towards the basket. The- these are areas of opportunity. And that stat line, although 16 and 11 is nice, it could be 22 and he could have, you know, five assists. If he's just a little bit more cognizant of the players around him and what he could do. Cause you know, Frank Kaminsky had a couple assists too. I mean, Deandre had what three assists. It could have been five. Again, my observations, I'm not tearing the guy down. I just think that there's always areas of opportunity for our buddy DA. Yeah, this is the point of Aiden Watch because we will have to talk about him, break him down. And sometimes it's negative, sometimes it's not, but that's just the way it is with him because we have high expectations because we saw those games where he can average 30 and 20. We saw them. And all it really was was a little bit more effort and just a little bit more like muscle memory because it, it's kind of frustrating too when you're talking about keeping the ball up high. It's like that should be something that should be muscle memory. Like it should just basically come to him when he gets the ball and just put it up high. You know, do the right things in certain situations. Stop turning around, backing out under the paint when you have good positioning. Like that doesn't make sense to me how that's still an issue. And how Kevin Ray still has to point out, throw the ball down. When the announcers still continue to say, throw the ball down, dunk the ball, then that's an issue because you know that is something that might not happen for another year or two. It's just not going to happen this season. And we mention it every game and people can say like, he's, he is a good player. He's fine. But we saw the Aiden that we wanted in the draft this year. We saw it and I felt it. I felt the extreme experience that he had basically in the first two seasons all come together. And I feel like his competition level was even higher. That's just what we want to see. Cause we want to trust him like we did before. So Absolutely. games like this, games like this are just kind of hard to watch. Even if he does make a good play here and there, it's just him hiding on the offensive end. It's just something frustrating. Yeah, to watch. Hiding, hiding is what you kept saying on the offensive end, and, and you know, make make no doubt about it, and or doubt about it. And Tay Can says in the the chat, he hustled and played good D on the switches. He did, and that's the part of his game that's really excelled this year is his defense. But on offense, he can hide sometimes. He'll he'll be on the weak side of a play and where he should be down there fighting for positioning. He's kind of fading away from it. And then 
getting out and sprinting away instead of trying to go back and get that board. And those are, again, yeah. it just areas of opportunity. That's why we do eight and watch on the Suns Jam session because there's always critiques that Suns fan are going to give them, and we just want to kind of give our takes there as well. Yeah, I mean, he's never going to really pay attention to us, but and we're never too negative on the players. I mean, we're just fans, right? I mean, exactly. I don't know why I'm apologizing for this, but... Don't apologize, <laughs> It's eight and watch, 2021. I know, exactly. It's what the fans want. That's why we're giving them. What do you think about Langston Galloway actually getting some fourth quarter minutes? Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. I mean, he wasn't very productive today, but I no, like the minutes. I'm, I like to see him. I, me too. And like we talked about, I think it was like the last pod or every pod because he doesn't get a lot of minutes. It's like, I don't care if he's in the game and he doesn't score anything. Like he is, he's a threat out there from deep, from mid range. He can pass the ball open. He can do a lot of things that we never really even thought going into the season. So for him to actually become that player is something that I want to see on the court consistently. So I want to see him with those minutes, even if it doesn't lead to anything, because honestly, if he is that player that we had no idea he would be, I mean, why would you not give him those minutes? You know what I mean? And then you have each one more playing even more minutes because we trust him with the ball. So this is just great. This is great stuff for the Suns, dude. I, it's just endless with these bench players. It's just they want to fight over every minute that they are in there, and you see it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's fun to see him out there in that fourth quarter because you know he he has that offensive capability, and you need to yeah. build his confidence even more. And I don't know. I mean, he's he has no conscience to begin with. Um, so I don't know if he really needs that much of a confidence builder. But to know that Monty's willing to flex those minutes is something that uh, I always like to see. I like to see adjustments. I like to see Monty grow as a coach and grow with his team and see what their capabilities are. And you were right. He didn't have a lot of uh, opportunities. But you know why? That's because they don't hashtag feed Galloway. That's, that's why they don't. <laughs> that, that, that's, that's the issue, you know. Uh, we're talking about one of our loyal Jamster listeners, Chris Johnson, at Chris J. Stylus on uh, Twitter. <laughs> was hit us up, and he's like, we need to make this big enough so Monty can see this. Hashtag yes. Feed Galloway. So, yeah. Suns Jamsters, get on the on the tweeter and start hashtagging Feed Galloway. <laughs> we want this guy to get I – want, I want a 30-point game from Galloway this year, man. I'm telling you, I absolutely love this kid. Even it's yeah, even a twenty-five point game, you know, I'll take it five points less. I just think it's gonna happen. We're gonna have one of those games like an Eddie House game, even though I feel like he's not a better Eddie House, maybe not, but he brings so much more to the table, but he could just get it going. You know, he's I don't gonna know take over a game to win Eddie, for us. I don't know if he's better than Eddie House because they don't feed him like they did Eddie House. Exactly. I know. I know it's crazy, right? But then also him, I know say, they said Cam Johnson, uh, some of the comments put Cam Johnson's the best three-point shooter we have. He should be the only one, but Galloway too. So you want them in there to shoot the three, and and he can do more than that. But I just, I love the minutes. Keep it consistent. Amen. David Bailey in the chat. Yeah, Galloway exactly. is fearless, man, and that's he the is. best way. You can see it on his face. He doesn't get grabbed. Reaper, he wants 50 from Galloway. I'm, I'm with it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> 50 <laughs> from him and Booker 50. Hashtag free, <laughs> free, sticks. free sticks. Free sticks. Free sticks get the hashtags going. Is he suffering from what uh, Kevin Durant has, where he just has a COVID or something, or just can't play? I don't just, even know what it is. I just think he hangs out with a bunch of people who constantly get COVID. I don't know what it is. I honestly don't. And don't you know what? We don't necessarily need sticks to be an integral part of this offense because we're winning without him, and he's a rookie, so I'm okay with it. It just hurts your feelings when you see Tyrese Halliburton do what he did last night, and you're like, oh, fuck, he could have been ours. Yep. Hey, that's it's the like stuff. That's it's, the reason, though. It's 38 minutes into the podcast. I dropped my first F-bomb. I'm getting better. 
You are getting better, man. Thank you, you. You still owe a dollar, but you're mm-hmm. getting better at that. There's no swear jar here on the Suns Jam Session <laughs> podcast. We know that. All right, it's that time. Matthew, who is your... Jam star of the game. And if you're watching along in the chat, please let us know who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I think this is pretty easy, uh, but I'll let yeah. you take the floor on this one. Yeah, uh, Mr. 18 points, 11 assists, Devin Booker, even seven rebounds. He could have had that Luka Doncic triple-double, but he doesn't shoot 40. Oh, I mentioned his name. I ruined everything. Can we just rewind? What? So it's it's Devin Booker, dude, I think. He just had a solid game. Defensively, too, as well. We pointed out earlier with that sick block. You always want to see Jason Tatum getting blocked, especially by Devin Booker, our all-star, our superstar. So I'm going to choose him. Who do you have? It's got to be Big Dick Book. I mean, <laughs> there you go. He, a great game. Again, like I mentioned, <laughs> came out aggressive the way that I like to see. Dictated his offense versus being reactionary and trying to get others involved. And you know what happens? Then he can start to get others involved. I think yeah. that some of the challenges that Booker has is he'll come out in games and he's trying to play make. He's trying to seek and, and he tries to find those spots maybe a little bit too late in the game. He came in this game and says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start scoring some points. This is the Boston Celtics. Okay. This is one of those. Uh, I've got to go out there. I love the color green, and I'm going to score on that color green. And then what happens? The double teams come. He sets up his teammates. They score. The Suns win. So, uh, you know, only 18 points from Devin Booker, 11. He And like you said, he could have had 30 points if he Luka did, if he started jumping into guys left and right like Luka does. Uh, but he didn't. He did it the Devin Booker way, and the Suns got to win, and that's what matters. Uh, looking at yeah. the chat Let's see what we got here. Okay, I'm scrolling up because so many of you are commenting, which is fantastic. It means a lot of you people are enjoying this Sunday with us, this Sun's Day of basketball. Uh, Mario Lopez gives it to Bridges, and I can't necessarily argue with that. Bridges played extremely yeah. well in this game. You know, he He's is. our leading scorer with 19 points, and he had nine rebounds, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, this is the game we want to see, but again, it's a three-pointer that really got him going. Mm-hmm. Buck, <laughs> Buck Dog gives it to Book. Mark Close gives it to Book as well. Yeah. Uh, Take Hand gives it to Book. Damian Jones from Ariel Bartacucci. I like you that. Know, you know what? We really dogged Damian Jones in the last podcast. Rightfully I so. I, I did. Oh, I did. We dogged everybody last podcast. What are you talking about? <laughs> we were dogging each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but one thing I did write in my notes is Damian Jones is really good at the pat out rebound where he doesn't necessarily get good yes. enough positioning but he's so long he just pats the ball back and it gives the suns an opportunity to get another one so yeah i, I mean just, i we mentioned that i mean i mentioned that last power where he just gives it even if you don't get the second chance he tries to i mean he's just long arms he's long in there to try to tip the ball out so if you can have that that's fine you know he i hate to say that someone sucks in the league and we kind of bash him a little bit today a little bit in the early going that he just turned it around got us some good possessions good second chance possessions so that's what we want to see from the backup that's center the one right? skill he has the one skill and that's fine <laughs> at least it's something at least he's pretty good at it right <laughs> fabio in the chat gives it to bill simmons i'm sure he was watching i'm sure yeah. he was enjoying that uh Force Master 99, Booker, Jamstar. Mikhail, a very close second. 
Lee Abraham, new listener, Jamstar, book it, love it. You know, only 18 points, and he's a Jamstar of the game. I, lo- but that's, I love that. That's a great team win, and that's what you want to see. Uh, Bridges played great on Tatum today. That's true. I mean, Jason Tatum averages like 28, 29 points a game, ended with only 23 points, and he shot 8 for 22 from the field. Now, I know yeah. that, but that Bridges wasn't necessarily on him the entire game, but he was on him enough to where he dis- he disrupted him, and we were commenting on it early on when we were watching it together, how the – the uh, Jason Tatum just didn't look like he was in rhythm. Yeah, exactly. And I think that as a team, they made it difficult for him. A lot of fadeaways for Tatum. So that's what you want to see. Those are the shots that you want him to take, not cutting to the basket, to the rim, or leaving him open from any spot on the floor. So make it difficult for him. That's all you can do with these guys. Yep. Even if all. we think he's overrated. <laughs> oh, your seat's sinking. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Matthew going? <laughs> uh, Laced Bacon, fourth place in the West. That's right. The Suns entered this game actually due to a couple losses last night. Fourth place, and they held on to that, 13-9. and nine. And now we look at what's next on the schedule, and we yes. have uh, tomorrow night the Cleveland Cavaliers, 7 p.m. Uh, all the jams are faithful. I don't think we're doing a podcast at tomorrow night. Are we, Matthew? No, you'll be out of town. Honeymoon, right? No honeymoon. We're just house sitting in Sedona. So okay. <laughs> we're going up to Sedona. So unfortunately, we yeah. won't be live tomorrow, but we will be live on Wednesday. Yep. Um when we when we looked at tonight and we, we tried to do our predictions, okay? Jam session yeah. predicts. Uh Devin Booker over under 26 and a half points. We actually put this poll out on Twitter prior to the game to see what the Suns fans thought. And you know, knowing that Devin Booker has an affinity to play against the Boston Celtics and to do it really well. Uh, the majority of fans thought as well. Well, not the, it, it wasn't a, a landslide by any mean, but 58.5% of the uh, people who voted, the jamsters who voted thought that book would go for over 26 and a half points. I said over for this game. Uh, you said under Matthew, you were right. Mm-hmm. And he's still jam star of the game. Just beautiful. So Matthew one and oh, then we go to number two. Who would have more dunks, Aiton or Tatum? You said Tatum. I said Aiton. Aiton had zero dunks, and he could have had like five. Fucking <laughs> and Tatum had one. So Matthew, two and O, oh, and I went O yes. and two. And then who wins? Matthew predicted the Suns. I predicted the Suns. So there you go. Very cool. <laughs> we, 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 we both got that one right. Um, so that puts us overall, I think, what, five and you're, you're what, six and three on the year now? Because you you had a clean think, sweep, man. I think we're both four and three, right? Because I think no, we're three. Oh, we're wow. Three and six three. and three. Matthew's got six correct. I've got four correct. So Matthew's currently winning. Oh, God okay. So we're, we're, we're counting those bets, too. We're counting those bets, okay. too. We're counting all, all right. The five I didn't stuff. know that. There you go. All right. So as, cool. we, so as we look at the game tomorrow, let's go over some of these uh let us know in the chat what you think who's gonna have more blocks tomorrow deandre Aiden or andre drummond um drummond who do you got yeah i gotta go drummond there too i think that uh da is he, he'll have those games where he comes out and he blocks the ball uh and he'll get two or three um i like what buck deck says don't count those those games you know what i'm, I'm with you let's just stick with our normal we're both four and three that's because I swept. Yeah, because you got the one clean sweep. If you sweep again, we'll start counting. Yeah. All right. Well, well these three. are fun. Like, these are fun to do too. These are coming from the jamsters. Okay, they're telling us, yeah. hey, these shouldn't count in our jam session yeah, predicts overall. We're both yep. four and three in calling Suns games. I'm a follower. So whatever you say. Whatever we say, we follow our jamsters. That's what we do. Uh, but I think that DeAndre Ayton, he does have those games where he can throw down some blocks. Uh, yeah. Going against Sexland, you have Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. 
they're going to be driving to the basket. There might be some opportunities, but I feel like Andre Drummond is just a blocking beast, man. No, oh, he is. And even, uh, uh, gosh, Jared Allen, excuse me, averaging almost two per game. So you got another guy in there too, as well to worry, to worry yep. about. Yep. All right. What about total points over under two fifteen point five? Oh, uh, I'm going to go over and I think it's just barely going to be over like two twenty. Okay. Interesting. I'm going to take the under on this one. Okay. So we agreed on Drummond getting more blocks. We disagree here. I think, I mean, look at tonight, a total of 120 or 191 points between the Suns and the Celtics. The Suns are more of a defensive team. We had the Suns geek on here the other night. And he asked that question. What makes this team a defensive team? It's the pace. It's the pace at which they play. And if they can slow the game down, take under, uh, take possessions away from teams, they're going to hit that under more often than not. Now, granted, if your thinking is that the Suns are going to be in fuego, they're playing a back-to-back, which generally benefits a team at home because they're already in that rhythm, especially considering uh, the COVID season that we're playing in and the yeah. lack of distractions outside of the court. And the Suns win 130 to 100, then boom, you've hit the 215 over. So uh, we do have people who, who are agreeing with me, though. They're saying the under in the chat. Okay. So, all right. All right. And last well, one. Today, but whatever. What last one, Matthew? <laughs> Who yeah. wins? Suns or Cavs? Oh, I'm taking the Suns. Oh, this is tough, though. I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to take the Suns just to root for my team, of course. But this is going to be a tough so tell, game. I feel tell like. me what you're thinking. I'm going to say Suns, just barely though, just like so barely the over, but barely why? a Suns win. Um, why are they going to win? Scares you about the Cavs? What scares me about the Cavs is down low presence. Honestly, I mean, you have Jared Allen coming in. To back up DeAndre Drummond or Andre Drummond, those are two guys where if they're interchangeable in minutes, it's like not a minute miss on the defensive end, either blocking your shot or grabbing a rebound. So that's what is really scary. Sex land scary. The team evolving into an actual good team, playing a playing a hot Suns team too. Went two in a row. Now we're thirteen and eight. Like those are reasons of where the Cleveland Cavaliers will come out and try to prove themselves against the Suns having a day off too yesterday. But I mean, the Suns being home. Hopefully a good Super Bowl game tonight. Not too much partying. They can come in, you know, handle business. And the only reason I think the Suns might win is they get it going from three. I think the Suns really have a good game from three. Okay. Uh, I obviously think the Suns are going to win because I think the Cavs are one of the worst teams in the NBA. But again, we have that trouble, man. We play bad. Well, not one of the worst teams. Last I checked, they were 10 and 13. So they're they're, they're actually outperforming. 10 and 14. 10 and 14. Oh, they're, 10, yeah. they're, they're currently 10 and 14. So yeah. we are notorious for playing to the level of our competition. Um, the, the we are going to uh jw or let's see who said who just said that in the chat about the boards let's see low suns just said we are going to get killed on the boards Shocker. yeah it's it, it's going to be tough it's going to be tough and uh, but i agree with what lee abraham says in the chat he says suns win i think we're about to go on a run we're at home we just beat the boston celtics vibes are good in phoenix and like like you said they're going to have the ability to shoot that three ball i think they're going to given the size of this team they're going to be down to the paint and we probably could get killed on the boards, but you know what? If we're shooting a high percentage from the field, then it doesn't necessarily matter. I think the mid range game is going to be absolutely paramount against the Cavaliers. And I think the Suns walk away and we're 14 and nine and we're uh, having a good time. And who knows, maybe some way I can make that podcast happen while I'm up in uh, Sedona, but I don't know about tomorrow. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe we'll surprise you. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Just that's why you got to click that little bell on, on YouTube. It, It notifies you once we go live. So, you got to exactly, do that. Exactly, exactly. Bonus question. Yes. What is the final score of the big game tonight between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs? Because it is oh. Super Sunday. Yeah, you know what? Who I'm going to go. Super Bowl? 
this is my prediction. The Chiefs went 45 to 20, but Patrick Mahomes only gets two passing touchdowns. Whoa. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, uh, I like what uh, Jermaine says. Make Matthew do the podcast solo. This is me doing solo. Uh, yeah. So the stats, I think book was, uh, and then everything's just going crazy over here. <laughs> A lot of besides that. <laughs> It's yeah. one long sentence well, besides, if Matthew does yeah. it by himself. <laughs> so the Suns are playing really looking, well, and besides that, they beat the Cavaliers, and besides that, uh, we hit three. I would let the Jamsters uh, take over. The Jamsters would just run the whole podcast. <laughs> so we got uh, Christian Zabrowski in the chat, says 34-24 KC, so not too far off your prediction of, what do you say, 46 to 20? 45 to 20. 45 to 20. Iverson vlogs. Whoa. So you're definitely, I mean, that's that's 10 points over. I think the over-under is 55 and a half or 56 and a half. So you're definitely hitting the over in that game. Uh, we got Alex Kroll. Bucks definitely winning. This is great. This is going to be such a fun Super Bowl. Fun. It really is. I man. can't wait. I can't wait. I, yeah, ne- me neither. Uh, let's Never let's Brennan King. I feel it's going to be close. 34 to 31 Kansas City. Okay. Uh, 10 to 3 Kansas City from Fabio. I I. This isn't the Rams and the Patriots, that's for sure. Uh, I'm going to go Kansas City 26, Bucks 20. That's okay. my final prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be fun, though. I mean, this is, is it. The narratives for this Super Bowl are set up ideally for it to be a fun game. So I hope that all the Jamsters uh, have a good time. I know that uh, I got some ribs on right now. And so we're going to have to wrap this up pretty quick because it's time to go finish those up. Um, what else do you have for the Jamsters, Matthew? Oh, I got I real have... quick, real, real quick. What? I wanted to throw this in for this game. We have a certain award here on the show. It's the Jack Taylor Award for the guy who comes out of nowhere and scores a shit ton of points on you. What about that rookie Pritchard kid for the Celtics, man? Four for nine from the field, four for nine from downtown, 12 points. What a pain in the ass that guy was, huh? He was. It could have been worse, though, because they left him open a lot. So, actually, we survived that guy being the guy that actually won the Celtics the game because he was close to being that guy, and it was close. But, I mean, he missed a few big shots in the end, so thank God, right? Thank God. Well, I think that's all I got for the for this show. Again, thank you, everybody, who decided to join us on this Super Suns Day. We truly appreciate it. Remember to follow the show at Suns Jam on both Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida. You can follow Matthew on Twitter. I'm Matthew Lissy. You can subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher. I don't care where you get them. Subscribe, rate, review. We appreciate it. Give us a thumbs up down below if you've enjoyed this podcast and go ahead and subscribe to the Suns Jam Session YouTube channel. Uh, Matthew, that's it for me. Beer's empty. Ribs are on. I got to get out of here. So, All right. My beer's empty too. Go home and love your family, everybody. Fellas! What up, fellas? <laughs>